Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of The Law and Finance Show, and today we have another great guest on. Now, I will be completely honest with you. I may seem very biased about this next guest because I've learned so much from her from the time of just reading her book to also having the privilege of working with her in the coaching program of just how we're helping so many different business owners. So we're definitely going to talk about that. But the big thing that I really, really want people to take away is I learned about systems by listening to Kristen David. And so I am excited to bring this guest on. So stay tuned for today's episode. So without further ado, let me bring on my guest, Kristen David. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Hi, great to be here. Absolutely. It is a pleasure to have you. I know we've been talking about this for like a couple months of getting <laughs> you on. So um, it is good. And, you know, and, and the, the amazing thing is like, you know, all the shows are pre-recorded. So yeah. right now when we're filming it. It is like early August. Um, so uh, one of the questions I've been asking a lot of people because here in the Southeast, it is like very hot. How is the weather where you are today? <laughs> well, the Pacific Northwest, which is where I am currently, is it's a little bit of ups and downs. We had some 90 degree temperatures and then we'll go through a couple of days with a little bit of rain and the mid 60s, low 70s. And then most of the time, July, August is that mid 80s, beautiful time to be in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, I guess with the Pacific Northwest, are you much of an outdoor person or more of a, hey, sit on the balcony? I like to see it, but not be in it. <laughs> well, I I think I've evolved a little bit, but definitely grew up on a hundred acre farm, a lot of fishing and hunting, camping, horseback riding. Uh, I've done a lot of it. I, I do tend to take my fly rod a lot of places still, do a lot of fly fishing and um, I love to get out and hike and the Pacific Northwest has beautiful waterfalls and vistas, but up here in Seattle, we have so many islands and we have the uh, ferry system that takes you easily. You could jump on the foot ferries, be up in the San Juan Islands, be wherever, or just a small plane, little, you know, 30 minute, 20 minute flight and you're in some amazing country. So we still do a good amount outdoors, but sitting on the patio doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, before we start jumping in, talking about, you know, up-leveling your business, your book, the exciting things. I mean, just celebrated a, your third year anniversary with up-leveling your business. Awesome time. Before we jump into the details on that, can you tell for those who are new to meeting you a little bit about your background? Sure. So by trade, I'm a lawyer. I went to law school, got out, and I actually worked full-time through undergrad and law school doing sports medicine. Got to work with some amazing doctors. So it fit right in after law school to, I knew I wanted to do a lot of litigation. So I did medical malpractice defense and legal malpractice defense. So uh, defending doctors, surgeons, chiropractors, but also a ton of lawyers. And uh, that put me in and out of hundreds and hundreds of law firms every year, jumping in, helping fix things. And 
triaging um, how we make it better, how we get them back to a stable place again. So uh, yes, law for law school by trade and a lawyer for almost 15 years before I moved on. Now, what was that like? I mean, with being a lawyer, helping law firms at the time, like kind of was, was that like a common thing that was happening in the industry? No. So Oregon is one of the few states where it's mandatory legal malpractice uh, uh, coverage. It's part of your bar dues, essentially. And that allows lawyers to, if they're starting to have a problem, they can immediately call, get some guidance, get some help. And if necessary, have a lawyer come out and literally boots on the ground in their firm, right? Get in there and help. So definitely... Um, kind of cutting edge, there were only about six or seven firms in the entire state that did what I did. And so a very select group of people. And, um, but, but here's what you would see. And you probably see this a lot when you're triaging and helping business owners too. In, I would see these effects that were really had to dig into what was the, the root cause of it. So um, in, in law, it might be like that blown statute of limitations was actually caused by not having good calendaring systems two years earlier. And so there was no, gotcha. they didn't docket it. Or that, you know, client that the attorney is never responding to is actually caused because there were no good billing systems in place. And so the client never paid their bill. And then the lawyer didn't want to work on that file. And then the file comes into, you know, gets gets behind. And then the client's wondering why is nothing happening? And right, the frustrations, you know, scale up. And it all started because we just didn't have a good billing system in place, right? Some of wow. the most basic things. So yes, I would see those effects, which would become complaints and malpractice. And they were such easy fixes if we had just had those systems in place early on. Okay. Awesome. And you know, that's one of the things that I would say I really picked up on when it was uh, Nicole, um, fantastic marketer, yep. um, to introduced us and yes. I got a copy of your book. And one of the things that I realized as I was reading the book is like, you know what, these are all very, very simple things, but they are so commonly overlooked. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, some of what we teach isn't rocket science. It's just, okay, you know, you need to be doing it. Now we just need to set up a system to make sure it gets done and not just by the owner micromanaging, but like that the team can crank and or automate these, these options. So um, it's, it's just getting these things, your, your ducks in a row, getting it all lined up. You know, and I, I think that's that was probably the thing that really was a light bulb moment for me because I'll say even just from my context of just deciding to do, you know, to coaching with UID was I was like, I've seen a lot of coaches and a lot of them talk about the theory, but the weakness was it's just like, okay, how do you help people create a system that actually leads them to execution? And so, you know, that was a huge thing that I saw now. I guess from your perspective, as you started, you know, you were working with those different lawyers, you know, and I guess were there was there a common trend that you saw people saying why they weren't actually executing on what they knew they should be doing? Uh, time, 
people, people say all the time, well, I don't have time to get to that. I don't have time to delegate that to someone else. I could do it faster myself, but then they have 30 things on their to-do list and then they're exhausted and tired and they're not working as efficiently. And so it just gets you know, more and more the, the, the owner lawyer is often the bottleneck to so much of it. And so the more we can get off of the lawyer's plate early on, the more they can have some, they claw back that 10 minutes to build that little system or provide that clarity um, so, so that's the biggest number one is, is people say they don't have the time. I push back a little bit because I mean, there's 60 hours between 6 PM on Friday and 6 AM on Monday. I mean, we do have lots of blocks of time. It, it doesn't have to be butt in seat during the week, but, uh, notwithstanding that the, the other one that always comes up is that people complain that they, they don't have a structure. They don't know where to start. And I often say, you know, the next person you hire, just get started. You literally hand that person a, a binder or a three ring notebook. And, and you say, every time I explain something to you of how we do it, open a file, answer the phone, I want you to write it down. And your job between four and 5 PM every day is to just type that up, right? By the end of two weeks, whether you keep that staff person or don't, you're going to have 15, 20 different procedures on how to do things in your office, right? Yeah. Like, don't wait until you have this perfect outline and organization or digital system, old fashioned pen and paper, right? Or a quick <laughs> video, you know, like, here's how we file this document. Here's how we create a folder in the computer. Uh, just get started. That's, that's the biggest thing that I think overcomes that, that, overwhelmed feeling of, I don't know where to start. You know, I, I can, I can say that as a testament of, you know, personal experience, um, that was one of those challenges that I was having. And I think I was convinced that it was a time factor until like you and I had some conversations. And at some point I had to say, you know, all right, Terrell, you got to stop using this as an excuse. Um, <laughs> so it definitely gets easier as your team grows. So actually today was, it's the first Thursday of the month and, and we have our monthly policies and procedures meeting. And every week our core admin and marketing team, they each turn, each person turns in at least one policy or procedure or checklist or diagram or script or template one item each week and at at the end of the month my assistant compiles them all and that's what we did earlier today we ran through a whole bunch of them and you know sometimes it just was an improvement to a procedure on a couple it was we're now using different tech because where we've grown and we've we're now using something different than what we used two years ago. And so that procedure needed to be updated. So it was one of the most joyful times for me every month is to go through that that policy and procedure meeting and see all the contributions from different people on the team and be able to say, great job. This is awesome. Yes, approved. Right. And sometimes they're not perfect, but at least it's something. And then we can give them a friendly suggestion. Hey, next month, why don't you add this component to it? And but at least they're building for me. It's it's not me sitting on a couch for 14 hours trying to do it all myself. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So now I want to go back to, you know, a little bit in your story of, you know, now you're running an amazing 
coaching business, um, but you started off in practicing law, you know, kind of at what point did you decide to take the skills you learned and the experiences you had in practicing law, like to switch, you know, to move away from running a law firm? Like, was there something that kind of led to that decision? So I was loving being a trial lawyer. I was not sure at all how to balance all these characteristics of running a business. I mean, law school doesn't teach you HR and how to manage staff. It, law school doesn't teach you the marketing and sales aspects or the financial controls. And so I was on the hunt looking for some way. I was looking at business classes and uh, finally learned how to write my first business plan. Doubled my law firm from three fifty to 700000 in nine months realized I, my business plan had kind of taken me only so far and I needed to revamp that business plan. So reworked that doubled again over the next nine months to 1.4. And in that time, I learned how to systematize everything in the office and from the financial controls to admin to sales. And that's when I, I really started to be able to take vacations and not be at the office so many hours. And so that's when my my opportunity to thrive returned my life <laughs> rather than just get up and go to the office every day. So yes, I mean, I think that was a big pivot. And that's when I was able to start teaching some. I got with a group and I was teaching young lawyers how to uh, open up and start a law firm and get profitable fast and found that I loved it realized I could help one client or I could help 300 people in an audience and just found that I was ready for that next stage. I wasn't trying cases as much anymore. I had four associates, so I wasn't as in the legal work anymore. And that's ultimately where I've started making the decision. I want to do this on a bigger scale. I want to help more people learn how to get out of the trenches because it's miserable. It's miserable being there at 6 a.m. until midnight. And uh, yeah, we've all, no judgment. We've all worked a ton just to go on vacation, go on vacation, come back to, and you have to work a ton to catch up. And that's that's not a good way to live. And so, yes, I, I made the decision to seek broader audiences and sold my law firm, joined a group just exclusively working with lawyers, and then all those doctors and chiropractors started asking me when I was going to come help. So in <laughs> August of 2019, we opened up up level in your business and made it happen and, and sought to hit a, a broad, a broader audience than just lawyers. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Now, you know, with up leveling your business, you know, what was the kind of premise behind picking that name? <laughs> well, Part of it is, and it, it actually came a little bit with the book of uplevel your business, you uplevel your life is the name of the book. Because when you create systems in your business, that's when your personal life gets better in so many ways. You naturally start finding routines and processes in your home life. You set up good templates and examples and things in your home life. Um, and so, but you also have more money to, to travel or do the things you love, more free time. So that's a little bit where that concept came through. And then we went with up leveling your business for a name. Uh, we, we, we looked at how can you start with A or B? So you're at the top of the chain, but 
ultimately we decided it was more about concept, more about helping people build their business. It's not about us. It's about helping people build their business. Awesome. Awesome. Now, one of the things that you've also done um, that, which, you know, I, I think it's been an amazing thing when I look at many different coaching programs, what I often find is there's one person that's trying, that's coaching clients on everything. But, uh, you know, the approach that you've taken of there are so many different aspects from HR to DE&I to client happiness to sales and marketing to finance to culture to systems. I mean, there are a gambit of different things to approach. You know, you know, what made you take the approach of having like, you know, what if we had specialty coaches for each yeah. of those areas? Yeah, well. I'm a big fan of, of a proponent of you're always learning. So I've, I've worked with a lot of coaching companies as, you know, hiring my own coaches. I helped run a coaching program that was a lot more of a one size fits all. It was like a 12 week crash course. And, you know, the, what I would see is that people need different things at different times. And especially a lot of our clients are that million to 8 million mark and, and they might just need two months with that financial controls coach to tune it in. They might then just need two months with the sales coach to tune in, develop the systems on the sales side. And so what I wanted to do is one, have those that financial systems manual that, that people can buy in the middle of the night. They can sit on their couch, do it themselves, or they could get it when they work with that coach as well and get both the one-on-one -on -one coaching, but also some support on the systems manual or the sales systems manual. They could buy it on the internet, do it themselves, or they could also work with that coach and get that one-on-one -on -one help. And so we like to say we want to help train, not just train a human, but build the system because humans will move throughout the business and change positions but we want to make sure the system is always there, that we're building equity in the business. And so that was a bit of the premise behind. And it's so much easier to hire specialty coaches who are just really good at their thing than to hire unicorns that are good at marketing and financials. And right, because sometimes the marketing and salespeople, maybe not so good on the financial controls. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was it was definitely uh it's been easier to find, you know, niche people, but that's the premise beside behind what we do and what makes us different is we listen to what clients need and we put them with the appropriate coach. So they get in, get the help they need. Great. Build the system. Now move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where that all came from. Awesome. I love it. I love it. And for all of the lawyers and law firms that are listening, I highly recommend the financial controls coaching. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, said, we, we, funny story, Charles, you know, everybody thinks that, oh, when you reach a million dollar mark, you've made it. Or when you've hit three or 4 million, you've, you've made it. You, you've got a handle on everything. And I can't tell you how often we're working with three million, five million, eight million dollar business owners who still don't have a really strong handle on their financials. They still don't have good employee ROI calculators, good dashboards. They're not getting good data from their bookkeepers. And and it's amazing how it's not just the brand new young lawyers that are or people going out on their hanging their own shingle. It's 
it's pretty robust businesses that still don't have those financial systems in place. And um, I got to tell you, they're the most grateful ones, the ones between two and eight million, two and 10 million that are like, thank you. Thank you for finally helping me get control of this. And um, you have done wonders working with a lot of our clients and just happy we finally give them that peace of mind. Absolutely. You know, I was talking with um, someone that, that you know, that watches the show and they run a law firm. They're about 10 million in revenue. And he said they have about, you know, 12 locations and they're trying to grow to 20. And, you know, I was just asking him, like, you know, how are you like keeping up with the performance of each? And one of the things he was telling me is like, you know what, that's really a challenge that we have is knowing like which office is actually doing well. Because he was like, you know, he didn't think about that before he started scaling to where, like you said, people think that, hey, once you reach a certain revenue level, oh, you got a handle on it. But it's just like going back to those fundamentals of really like, hey, do we have the fundamental things in place to help us keep the business healthy over time? So I, I absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we we do have a handful of those, you know. 12, 18 million, 32 million. I think the biggest client we work with is 76 million and has offices all over the US. And we've helped a number of clients go from 1 million to 8 million or from 4 million to 14 million. And, and it's, you know, helping them scale and it's different for everyone. There's, there's definitely some secret sauce that we uh, help them with, but understanding their numbers, understanding, I mean, even if you were to take like, um, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, or, you know, some of, some of the different states, it can be totally different to have an office over on the coast, which might be a little more coastal laid back than something in the metropolis, right? That's it. Even just within one state, you might have nuances to offices and we have to do marketing a little different. We do our spend a little different. We do production a little different. So understanding those nuances, but but also being tight on the numbers and setting objective expectations. I think that's a big part of it too. So listen, it, that's the fun of what we do is we get to help work with so many business owners and help them fill their dream. And it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love it. Now, for people that are excited, they're like, hey, I want to know more about this up leveling your business. You know, where's a good place for them to find you online? I would say our website is the first and foremost website or social media, uplevelingyourbusiness.com. And there's lots of different information on um, upleveleingyourbusinesssystems.com is the other one for the systems packages and different things we do. But lots of opportunities because everybody needs help in different ways. Um, some need one-on-one. -on -one. Some people just need that base template and they can work from there. Some people want in-person experiences. You know, everybody's a little different. So yes, awesome. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, before we wrap up, one final question I love asking, you know, every guest that comes on is, you know, out of all the things that you've talked about, because one of our goals is when we post this in the Facebook group is to keep the conversation going with those that are watching is what's two points that you would point their attention back to to say, hey, out of all the things that I've said, hey, here's two takeaways to continue the conversation in the group. Two things. Uh, one, with systems, just get started. Like, don't be fearful of it. Don't be scared in every aspect of your business, your life. There are ways to develop smoother processes. 
and smoother clarity of like how you want it done. Whether it's with your family, either the babysitter or with your team, right? Every aspect of your life, just get started. Number two takeaway would be don't make all the mistakes I made, right? Like get help from people that have been there, done that, get guidance and, and, and it's going to streamline, it's going to fast track your build so much. So there's definitely opportunities. Watch, listen. I mean, that's, that's one of the ways that I've grown so fast is I'm not the smartest person in the room. I go and I, I attend other coaching. I watch, I do, um, you know, it, you, you've got to always be, using what's working and pay attention to what's working for other people. Get in there, get that help. So number one, get started. Number two, fast track using other people that know what they're doing. Awesome. I love it. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on the show today. <laughs> thank you so much, Terrell. You just checked out the Law and Finance Show, where we bring you great, insightful interviews that talk about the business and the financial side of managing a law firm. So subscribe to the show and check out more of the great interviews.